Awesome. I love this series, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. We're closing out this series today. It's the last installment, uh, but I want to start with like something funny, if that's okay. There was a guy that purchased uh, football tickets, two tickets to be exact. He, he was going to go to the Super Bowl. Then he only realized that um, it landed on the same date that, that he was going to get married. And so he posted an ad on Facebook, and it read something like this. Um, I just need someone to take my place. You can go for free. And the event is at First Baptist Church at 3 p.m., and her name is Sandra. Oh, my Lord, he's going to need counseling. He is going to need some counseling. We need to learn how to make better decisions. What to do when you don't know what to do. Everybody say, stir up. Stir up your passion. I'm going to talk about passion this morning. When I was 13 years old, I remember like loving to ride my bike. I don't know if you had a bike, but I loved riding my bike every day. And then I would ride in the cul-de-sac. And one day across the yard, my neighbor's yard, I realized there was this huge three to four foot tall like dirt pile. And I was like, here we go. I took off. I went faster, faster. I gained a lot of speed. I was dreaming like this picture that we're about to show you. I was, I was dreaming of the air that I was going to catch. You know, I, I was going to be a BMX pro. I was going to, like, catch some amazing air. I don't know if we have that picture. Yes. <laughs> the big wheel. The 80s. Loved it. No helmets. No pads. Just a good time. Just a good time. But that was what I was dreaming of, and I hit the dirt pile, and poof, I stopped right in the middle of the pile. I was perplexed. I didn't know what was happening. I put my foot down momentarily, approximately 2.7 seconds. When I jumped off of my BMX bike, my ankle was on fire. It was burning. And what I realized that day was uh, this was not a dust pile at all. It was actually uh, a mound of ashes. My neighbor had been burning, had been burning trees in their backyard, and uh, yeah, it was a pile of ashes, and, 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 and it, I stopped, I dropped, I rolled, I did all of that, and then um, I looked beneath the surface, and I realized that there was some, some embers that were still burning, and I think there's a truth there that we need to learn today. We can all agree in life that we have been like this pile of ashes or maybe aka the dirt pile. On the outside, it looks like our fire has gone out, life has beaten us down, we look like we're ready to be a ramp or a doormat for something or someone, and then but deep down, like let me encourage you today, actually encourage you deep down on the inside, you still have embers that are burning. Okay, you still have embers that are burning, just like, like when you would build a fire around the camp, and in the morning you would get up, and all it would take is just that poker, that little poker stick, and you just get it, just poke, poke, and all of a sudden, with not even a match, you don't even need a match to relight the fire. And just like I drove into the middle of that pile, I stirred up the embers, and, you, and, I, and it started burning again. And that's what I pray that happens to you today. I believe that there are some people in this building that have lost your passion, your passion in life. I watched this show on occasion. It's called Kitchen Nightmares. It's reruns of Gordon Ramsay. Uh, thank God they bleep him out. It's terrible. But he, he runs around and he's like, where's your passion, man? Where's your fire in your belly for the food? You know, he's like, he's a culinary genius. And uh, he goes into places and just says, where's your passion? And maybe you've lost some passion today. 
Maybe life has piled on some pain today. Maybe the enemy has caused some deep wounds in your family. Maybe there's been real loss. Uh, You've been lied about. You've been cheated on. You've been backstabbed. I mean, there's a need for physical healing. Your body hurts. your, Your mind hurts. Your head hurts. And your heart aches knowing that people are suffering from COVID. They're passing away. There is all kind of racial tension. There's political turf wars. And my goodness, sometimes even church turf wars. And the list goes on and on. And the children, what about all the posts? of the children. Let's stop sex trafficking. I mean, it goes on and on, and you can begin to lose some passion in your life. I don't know about you, but sometimes you wake up with the blahs. You wake up with the I don't knows, with the I don't know if I'm going to make it today. I don't know. I'm just going to go through all the motions. Can I encourage you this morning? Some of you in this building, and I believe most of you, you still have a dream. You still have a purpose. You still have a God calling and a word that's been spoken over your life. And I don't care. I, 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 I do care that this other stuff is happening, but I don't believe that, that your happiness needs to be connected to those happenings. Like, you can dream beyond the divorce. You can dream and have passion for that God-given purpose. You you can dream again for your family, for your husband, for your wife. You can dream again for the callings that could catapult you, but it ain't about you. He's going to catapult you and others into their future. Amen. I encourage you, do you still have a dream? Do you still have passions? Do you still have a calling and a purpose? Because this is what I know. What to do when you don't know what to do? You better stir up your passion. You might want to write that down. Stir up your passion. Romans chapter 12, verse 9, Scripture shows us this. It's actually, excuse me, I'm going to skip to verse 11. The author here said, never be lacking in zeal. Everybody say zeal zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Keep the passion burning. Keep the fire of God in your relationship. Keep the wind, if you will, in yourselves. Keep encouraged for that passion. Never be lacking in zeal. I love the fact that the author did not say, uh, you know, don't be lacking in joy. Don't be lacking in peace. Don't be lacking in love. He didn't say any of those things. What did he say? Don't be lacking in zeal. So you might want to look at your neighbor and through your mask, just just smile real big and say, stir it up. Stir it up. We're going to look at a few ways to, to stir up our passion this morning. Number one, stir it up. 2 Timothy chapter 1 Verse 6 says this, for this reason, I remind you, we need a reminder sometimes, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. What is the author saying? That you're a gift of God and God's placed gifting on the inside of you. And, 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 and this is what you need to be reminded of at times. You fan into flame like that, like that, <laughs> that poker or that, or that thing. I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called, what is it called? Bellows, I like that. I like that bellows. Like, take the, because, hey, don't be looking at my COVID basket. The bellows fan into flame. 
put some breath of God on it, put a word of God on it, put some hope on it, put some prayer on it, and fan into flame the gift of God that you are. For God, the Spirit of God does not make us timid. It doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but it gives us one of power, of love, and of a sound mind. What do I do when I don't know what to do? I begin to stir up the passion of God in my life. Amen. Sometimes we lose our passion. We lose our courage. We lose our fire. Why? Because, man, we pray. Many of you have prayed, and we don't see that circumstance change immediately or quickly enough. Be faithful. You pray, and you don't feel like like there's hope in it anymore. Like when you first started this journey, some of you started this journey and you, you like accepted Jesus, you surrendered your life to him. You're like, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Then all of a sudden you start serving him. You remember that period of time where everything just went right? And it was like, awesome. I serve, Lord, I just ask you. And then he delivers it right there. You're like, I didn't even ask. You're an amazing God. And now you're like, you go to ask and you're like, Hello? I used to ask, and before I'd even get it out of my prayer, out of my lips, you would answer the prayer. We become a Christian, we serve the Lord, and an enemy comes along and begins to steal our joy and steal our strength and throw some incredible obstacles our way, and we can lose our passion. We can say what is good and what is good at all, and our faith begins to take a back seat because of the worries in our life. Let's look at, let's look at uh, David. Y'all remember David in the Bible? He wrote like most of the Psalms. It's amazing. David in the Bible. God asked Samuel, this prophet, to anoint the next king beyond King Saul. King was, Saul was still the king, but Samuel was given a word from God, go find the next king and I'm going to point him out to you and you will anoint him with oil. He's going to take the throne after King Saul. Well, Jesse's uh, sons, uh, all of David's brothers, they were invited to the party. Y'all remember this story? You can go look it up in 1 Samuel chapter 16. They were all invited to the party. Who was not invited to the party? David. David was the youngest. He was the better looking, they say. But he was not as, you know, he, I don't know what was going on. But they said, you need to be a shepherd. You need to stay in the field. You need to play your harp. And you need to kill your lion and your bear. But you do not need to be king. That's what all the others said. Even his own dad, even his own family put David on the back burner. A few days down the road, or more like years, Goliath shows up on the scene with the Philistine army. You remember this one? The Philistine giant comes out and begins to mock the children of God, the family of God, this enemy that says, I dare someone to come out and fight me. I'm going to ruin all of you. I'm going to take your land. I'm going to take everything from you because the enemy is a taker. And, and Goliath stood in the valley and said, come down here and fight me. And none of, of David's brothers would fight. None of King Saul's armies would fight. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, you see David was asked by his dad, go take some like pepperoni and cheese sticks to the guys. Take some bread, you know, give them a little appetizer, give them some food. And they show, he shows up to the party. He shows up and, and, they, and they, the brothers say, what are you even doing here? You don't belong here. I don't know about you, but sometimes our own family, and I don't know who this is for today, but I couldn't shake it. Sometimes your own family, your own friends, 
Don't ever even let your own pastor, like, like put the out the, 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 fa- the, the fire of God and the passion of God. But sometimes we allow family and friends and church even to beat us down. Like, I don't want to be a church like that. I want to be a pastor that encourages you and fans into flame the gift of God that you are so you can go out and make a difference in this community in Jesus' name. But man, sometimes our family and our friends and life stuff happens and, and we just get our eyes down. I love David's response, though, when he saw Goliath come toward him. You can find this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48. It says, it says this, that Goliath started approaching the enemy line. Like there's the line in the sand. He, he approaches and says, will someone come? And by the time he gets the words out of his mouth, it says that David ran toward the giant. I love that. David ran toward the giant. Now that's a person that's got zeal. That's a person that's got passion. That's a person that's got fire. Not like, well, uh, I've got my sling and my rocks. Uh, well, let's hope for it. Let's hope for the best. Like, like I've seen guys play ball like that, t-ball and football. Like, let's tackle. Like, what are you, a cat? Not picking on cat lovers. I know there's cat lovers out there. Uh, but, like, but like, here's the deal. Like, be some, have some passion. Have some fire. David ran toward the giant because this is what he knew. He stirred it up within himself that he could take down the enemy that was trying to scare him and dampen his joy and dampen his passion and put out the fire of God that was in him. The, the, he realized the sooner I run at this obstacle, the sooner it is going to be defeated. In Jesus' name, if God be for me, then who can? be against me in Jesus' name. How do I stir up the passion of God? I begin to preach to myself when I wake up, number two, so S, stir it up. Number two, try again. Someone say, try again. Have you ever found someone that just gives up and doesn't try again? You're like, you tried once, man. Try again. Well, I tried five times. Try again. So often we wake up with the blahs in the morning, and I don't know, and I don't cares, and we go through life hoping that something's going to change, and it looks the same every day. Have you seen that terrible movie? It's like, I say terrible because it's like my worst nightmare, Groundhog Day. It's like, oh, my Lord. He's like, I, I did that, and there's that, and there's that again. And I feel like the enemy knows like exactly what we're going to do, and he throws some things in our way, and then we just marry it and grab onto it, and then we just live with it, and he just sits back and says, he ain't ever going to try again. He's never going to try again. But this is what the the, the psalmist David said in Psalm chapter 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Other translations say we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Child of God, this is the day. This is a decision day. You can have passion in your marriage again. You can have passion for your kids again. You can have passion for this community again. You can let the the, the zeal of God begin to burn within you for the calling that he's put on your life and you don't have to let COVID or anyone stamp it out. And I know it doesn't look good and I know it doesn't look easy at times and the marriage has suffered and your children have suffered and the finance may suffer but even in the darkest hours of our soul it's like Jesus shows up because he showed up died on a cross the sky grew dark he's thrown in a tomb and then even he showed us that he got up he rose again and he he did not quit after the first stripe the 
second stripe, the 49th stripe. He took the the cross and the nails and the, the crown of thorns. He took it all and he didn't give up. The psalmist David said, this is the day the Lord has made and I will not give up. I will rejoice. See, when you give up, you stop rejoicing. When you give up, you stop praying. When you give up, you stop speaking life over that relationship and over what God has put inside of you. Child of God, will you, will you fan into flame? It would be very easy as a pastor these days. Pastor David and I have talked about this. I've talked with other pastors in the community. It's very easy these days to go, well, Jesus, whew. And sometimes I do that. I've done my part. Dear God, you know, would you please do your part? And we want to just lay down and just like, it's so tiring sometimes. Have you noticed that you have to do, you have to do two and three times the work to get the same result? <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I do. I do. I hate it with all my heart. I do. But here's the deal. You better speak to your marriage. You better speak to your kids and say, it's worth it. Because the moment you lay down, you lay down the victory for your family, you lay down the victory for the church, you lay down the victory for the community, and you lay down the gift of God that he's put on your life. Don't do it. Don't do it. Here's what I want to give some encouraging, though. Even if we fail, even if we sin, even if we fall, your failure is not final. You begin to define that failure as it's in the past. And I receive the forgiveness that I need to receive. God says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. All we have to do is ask. Even if we've given up, even if we've fallen, even if we said, I can't get up, I've fallen and I can't get up. That was an 80s commercial, I believe. I'm I'm a failure, I'm done. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. I just speak over you and your family. Would you rise again? Speak over you and that dream. Rise again. Speak over that lost love, and I don't know if I'll ever uh, love again. Rise again. Stir up that passion. Try again. I still have a passion. I still have a God dream. I still have a calling. And I, let's look at I, invest in others. Somebody say invest in others. Listen, the greatest sign of spiritual maturity is when you begin to spur someone else on. The greatest way to spark a fire in you is when you spark a fire in someone else. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur on one another toward love and good deeds. Man, I'll, that, that'll preach Hebrews. <laughs> and let us consider how we may, sp- I gotta just dream of ways. That means I'm not giving up. I'm gonna dream of ways. I'm gonna think of ways. I'm gonna pray of ways to consider how I may spur someone else on toward what? Love and good deeds. Not toward my agenda, not toward what I want, not my selfish nature. No, toward God's ways, toward his word, toward the calling that's inside of you. Let us consider that. Man, I love what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Quote, drop the mic. I did not come to be served, but to serve. I'll give my life for you. 
And I love this. Let me ask you a question. Uh, like Jesus, like David, like so many others in the scriptures, are, are you fired up about someone else's growth? Or are you, uh, and that's great, I heard it, yeah, I love that emphatic, zealous response. And sometimes we go, oh, I don't know, I haven't thought about anyone else in a long time. I've thought about me, myself, and and I, and I've thought about my checkbook, and I've thought about my, 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 well, what if that doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen for me, 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 me? Jesus was fired up about someone else's growth. Go and make disciples. Go and love on someone. Go and fan into, the, into, fl- into a flame. I love what the, let's go back to the psalmist David. Psalm 122, verse 1. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us, everybody say us, let us go to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced, I was glad. See, even the enemy would like to to put enough of a damper on church that it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be glad to go to church. It's a lot of work. I got to wear a mask. Uh, They're not even serving coffee. (laughs) I know, it'll come back, it will. Coffee's still a thing, see? I brought it on the platform with me. Make Make you jealous. I'm joking. Jealousy's a sin, guys. Jealousy's a sin. That's another message I missed. Let us go to the house of the Lord. But what I love about this is let us go together. Let us gather together. Let us worship together. It's not about, let us pray together. Let us grow together. Let us take communion together. Let us give together. Let us go out and make a difference together. Man, I love, see, I want to love others enough to invest in them. We're stepping into a season where where we're about to have groups again. You don't want to miss next Sunday. It's group Sunday. We have groups posted on our app, groups posted on the Liberty Church app and our libertychurch.net website, and you can go find out those groups that are available. But this is the moment, like that video that Pastor Josh shared, this is the moment where we, we can pull together, gather together in small groups that are online, on Zoom, if you can't get out of the house, you can pull together literally in person. We have a few of those groups, and next week we're going to hear about that. But this is what I want to say today. Stir up the passion, not just for you, but for someone else. Like when you commit to a group, when you commit to church, when you commit to your family, like, like show up and invest in that group. Show up and invest every day into your family. Show up and invest in people and be a hope dealer and begin to encourage others and serve others. Let me move on. Let me, let me, this question, what is Jesus saying? It's a joy to serve others. It's a joy to serve, I'm about to get an amen. I hear it. The babies. It's a, it's, it's, it's a joy to serve the babies in the nursery. Hallelujah. Somebody out there is just called to serve within Team Liberty on the babies team, on the nursery team, on the kids team. It's a joy to serve. I love it when I see the Palmers that are out there. They're like, man, when, when are we going to serve coffee again? It's coming. It's coming. I'm fired up about it. Hey, in the meantime, I'll go serve in the babies until I can make coffee. Perfect. <laughs> then they go, then it's like, hey, where else can I serve? What, what else can I do? What else can I do? Archie Best and Stacy and their family. There's so many incredible people that are wearing the Team Liberty shirt. This worship team that puts in the work, y'all, they are investing in each other. It's a joy to serve. It's a joy. This is what I know. When you do this, 
when you stir up your passion, when you try again, when you invest in others, you will be lighting a fire in someone else's life. And in return, you will keep your fire burning bright. Some of you have felt that fire just kind of begin to dim. It's like, it's like where's my passion gone, God? Where's my fire gone? Where's that zeal for the Lord gone? Where's my prayer life gone? Where's my family going? I don't know what to do. Number four, it doesn't fall exactly in line. Be refreshed. You're like, that's not S-T-I-R. I know, I had to put B in front of it. Be refreshed. Proverbs 11:25 says this, a generous person, a generous soul will prosper always. And whoever refreshes others will also be refreshed. And often we begin to lose our passion and we say things like, well, the grass definitely looks greener on the other side. Maybe you've said that over your marriage. You've said that over your job. You've said that over many things. The grass looks greener. Pastor Cliff, I've heard that in my office before. The grass is dead. They don't say it exactly. The grass looks greener. There's a few things that make grass grow. Manure and water. Okay? It's true. I'll preach it. When you grow beyond the pain that you're in and the, the stuff that you're going through, it will make your marriage grow. It should not make it grow apart, but grow closer. It should not make you grow a, a, a distant from God, but pull in closer. See, your grass may be dying, your fire may be dying on the inside, but I'll put it this way, the fire burns brighter when you fan in the flame. The fire burns bright when you speak to that calling. The fire burns bright when you pray over it, you stir it up, you try again, you invest and serve. See, Jesus said it this way, and I, there's no better words to end with than Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world. Church, you are the light of the world. A town that's built on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Neither do people. You don't light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it on a stand. And it gives light so that everyone in the house can see. And in the same way, let your light shine before others. Well, my relationship is so personal. It's between me and Jesus. My relationship is this. My relationship, listen, let it shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. Maybe you felt like that dirt pile. Maybe you realize God made this earth suit and he put his spirit on the inside of me and he has a dream and a calling for my life. I don't always know what to do. But I'm not a dirt pile. I'd rather you define yourself as maybe you're an ash pile. <laughs> because an ash pile has embers. An ash pile can be fanned into flame. An ash pile can, can, even a dirt pile, God can take it in Genesis 1. I don't have time to go Stephen Furtick or Jensen Franklin or T.D. Jakes on this thing. But I'm telling you, he will breathe into dirt and make life. But he also says, I can take embers and I can fan into flame. This is the prayer. And, and, and to those who grieve in Zion, Isaiah chapter 61, bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of 
ashes. Give them joy instead of mourning today. And give them a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Listen, you are not, you are not dead. You are not out. You are not done. You are embers waiting to be fanned into flame. Do you have passions today? Do you have dreams and callings today? I'm asking you to stir it up in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? God, I know there's some people that this spoke to. They're struggling in their faith. They're struggling in their walk. So if that's you, you felt despair, you felt discouragement, why don't you just lift your hands right where you are? I'm just gonna pray with you, nobody looking around. This is not a salvation prayer. We'll do that in a moment. For those that have struggled in their dream and their calling and their passion, God, I thank you that instead of mourning, you give them joy in Jesus' name. Instead of suffering, God, I thank you that you bring healing. You give beauty for ashes and you pull people out of despair and give them a dream and a purpose. Lord, I pray that healing comes, that strength comes, that that joy comes again in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you have not given your life to Jesus and you want to follow him, you want, to, you want to follow him as the Lord and Savior of your life, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Just raise your hand right where you're at, and we're going to pray with you in Jesus' name. Let's say this prayer, church. Dear Jesus, thank you for saving me, for dying on the cross for my sin and my shame. I receive your love, your mercy, forgiveness right now. Thank you for calling me son. Thank you for calling me daughter. I will follow you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's give a shout of amen. Stir it up this week. Stir it up.